You're listening to Paper Cuts, and I am your host, Christopher Cardenvicus, and I am here with Jennifer Lewis, who's joining me by phone uh, in this weird COVID-19 coronavirus landscape. Jennifer, how's it going? Good, how are you doing, sir? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Where Where are you? Where are you isolated at? I am currently isolated in the rural part of Virginia because I plan on trying to get some fresh air and not be consuming anybody else's germ. <laughs> that seems like a good plan. I'm here yeah. in Washington, D.C., uh, longingly looking out a window. <laughs> I'm looking at a floor, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are here talking about a new episode of Paper Cuts. Um, and to introduce it, we are presenting an episode that was recorded largely at the Los Angeles Art Book Fair last year in 2019, featuring interviews with Nicole Killian and Adriana Monsalve from Homie House Press also took the mic to interview Danielle from Work Play. Um, in addition to those two recordings from LA, we have um, another kind of like orphaned recording, uh, a micro interview that I held with Gonzalo from Secret Riso Club in the 2018 New York Art Book Fair. So it's a little bit bi-coastal, but it does largely focus on the Los Angeles Art Book Fair and presents these little micro-interviews that we're able to capture um, as we're running around the fair for those days. But before we jump into all that, um, Jennifer, I did want to just take the opportunity to introduce our listeners to you and to your practice and to your involvement with Paper Cuts. Uh, so what, cool. what, are you, what are you doing? Why are you... Why are you getting involved with paper cuts? So um, I am getting involved with paper cuts as the co-producer. And so I started working with you when you started doing the live paper cut interviews, kind of helping with audio check and just kind of looking with the different equipment and holding the blank clipboard. <laughs> and then <laughs> from there, something that we both are talking about is kind of expanding how Paper Cuts works with community within the DIY publishing scene and not just interviewing people working in publishing, but also publishing for them and so on. I assist in working with artists that we select to actually produce editions of zines or artist books with artists from around the region or around the United States so far. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that's been really wonderful is also hearing a little bit more about your curatorial vision and talking to you as you've been getting deeper into this zine world. And we've published three things so far. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the idea of paper cuts expanding into actual production of printed matter, not just uh, documentation of and conversations around is really exciting. So yeah. I'm... It's also a really nice way to kind of get to know people's personal practices and kind of seeing how it's being translated into the printed form. Yeah, exactly. It's like a, it, it's nice to think about paper cuts as a larger platform than just the podcast. Um, yeah. So one of the other things that was going to be uh, exciting about this year in LA 2020, which we should preface all this by saying the LA Art Book Fair did not happen um, because of the pandemic. And um, this was going to be your first time visiting the LA Art Book Fair. Uh, it was. Yeah. It was. And this past mm. fall was your first tabling, uh, your first time tabling at the New York Art Book Fair. Um, yes, it was. <laughs> and, <laughs> I guess before getting into this episode, I wanted to hear a little bit about like what you were excited about in LA or what you wanted to see. Um, and what your impressions are of the printed matter affairs so far, as this is yeah, like, uh, you're getting into it, but I've like, been going to the fairs for 10 years. So I think that my perception of them is a little bit skewed. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So just again, like the New York art book fair this year at my PS one was my first big printed matter fair that I attended and tabled at for paper cuts. And, um, it was actually kind of, Awesome, awesomely overwhelming because there were so many great tablers, not only in the zine tent where we were, but also in the museum itself. And so you're able to see this really wide range of people who are 
more established publishers to more DIY zines here. And so just kind of being able to see how both of these worlds are kind of really able to come together in this one weekend event and kind of really see how you really don't need to have the backing of a really established publisher. You can kind of work within your own construct and kind of really build up your own community around your own publishing project and so on. That was kind of something that I was really drawn to, just kind of being a tabler and exhibitor in that way. But um, the other thing that I really enjoyed too was being able to kind of walk around and kind of seeing how people are working within the publishing format to kind of make these spaces for themselves where they're kind of really able to express not only their own vision, but the visions of people that also they all kind of work within the same topics and so on. That's one thing I really did enjoy. The other thing that kind of was the overwhelming side was just, it is such a big fair and such a well-attended fair. And so it's really great to see that there is this community that supports publishing. And so being able to kind of be at a fair and just kind of having thousands of people just walking through your tents and kind of seeing seeing your books, handling your books, and then being able to kind of make these connections with people who are just like either visiting a fair or other publishers around the stuff that you're producing and around the stuff that they're producing and so on. I was really excited to see kind of some of the publishers that we were able to meet either at New York or in Chicago this year and kind of seeing what they've been working on since then just because now that I have gone to two different fairs with paper cuts, I am able to form these connections with other publishers and so on and really being able to see the new things they're producing and kind of seeing the evolution of their actual projects. And so on. And also being able to be exposed to what actually happened on the West Coast and in LA. Yeah, it's like it's just a really wonderful community, and Printed Matter does such a uh, a great job of bringing so many people together through these fairs. And um, what's going on now? Like this is the weekend that we're releasing this that LA should have been happening, but Printed Matter is hosting a lot of like hashtags and reposting information from all the publishers that would have been there. Um, and their website is also flipped to try to support that community because so many people who are involved in publishing really count on the New York and the LA Book Fairs as two major times where they can uh, put their work out there, support the artists that they work with, um, and also like support themselves in their own, uh, their own production. Um, so anyone listening to this should go to the Printed Matter LA Art Book Fair website and click around to see everyone that's in this large and wonderful community and maybe pick yourself up a zine to read while we're all not talking to each other in person. And also, I think they are trying to kind of restructure some of the programming so it's accessible online too. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot to, to dig into. This is another great thing about the fair is kind of the different either workshops or lectures are being given from different types of publishers and kind of really being able to like understand how these how these people are working within the publishing world. Yeah, and of course, like here at Papercuffs, the idea of process and practice are two really big focuses of, of our conversations that we've been having. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, thanks, Jennifer. And... I really am looking forward to next year when we all, all get to hang out in LA again with all of our friends and like physically look around at some books. But uh, yeah, everyone will be hearing a lot more from you in the coming episodes. <laughs> Alright, so this is where the music will be and we will get the other This is Nicole Killian, and you're listening to Paper Cuts at the LA Art Book Fair. Thanks for taking some time out to talk with me, Nicole. Um, I'm really interested in, in your practice as a designer and an artist and an educator. Um, and we met at the Art Book Fair a few years ago. So what are what are you doing here? What's, what's new? It's been a couple years since we checked in. How does this table really manifest different aspects of your practice? Well, I think that maybe something that has changed since we first tabled next to each other is that I started, I kind of soft started a publishing initiative last year called Nico Fontana. So that's 
who I'm tabling under this year. Um, so right now I'm tabling with mostly just my own work and some things that I've collaborated on with Sarah. But um, I'm working on four books with um, different queer-identified artists. And yeah, Nico Fontana is, uh, I'm kind of talking about it as an investigation into like querying space, querying language, publishing bodies. And so hoping that that sort of manifests as like events, objects, books, and talks, and lots of other things. That's amazing. And it's also a really interesting objectification of how you've been approaching some of your pedagogy, if I can speak from afar, and seeing how you've been uh, publishing work and really interested in querying design and querying design and education. And in fact, that's the topic that you're talking about later today, right? Yeah, yeah. So I guess like, also, yeah, you know, I'm in my eighth year teaching full-time, and it's kind of weird to think about myself as a design educator. Like, I really didn't... It's funny because people are like, oh, you, you're an educator. I'm like, yeah, I guess I am. Um, but really realizing or naming what I've been doing and and thinking about that through this idea of querying, and so how does that, like, manifest in the classroom? Um you know, moving past just a theoretical understanding of querying, like how do you actually like activate space in a different way? And I feel like I teach in a way that is in a is in a direct response to how maybe like I experienced educational systems, and so trying to change that, I feel like I'm pretty hopeful, even though you know the world is sad. But I feel like teaching is like a space where I feel like great optimism and hope. So. And so you've been an educator for eight years. When did you give a name to really what you were doing and how you were handling the classroom? I think it, I think it happened last year because I, I guest edited this piece for the Walker Art Center in which I asked this question about querying design pedagogy and what that looks like without compromise. And kind of looking at what I was doing, I was like, oh, shit, I don't say that in the classroom, but that's, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. Um, even just kind of... What does it mean to be a designer in 2019 and be a cultural producer and work with language and um, interrogate the margins, work within the margins, and like create openings? So I feel like it's it's only been like a year or two that I've I've actually realized what I'm doing, you know. But I think that sort of like under it's it's exciting. It was also really exciting to see it. Uh, kind of ripple out into your production here and the publishing arm it almost seems like just by naming what you're doing in in education that it gives you different avenues within your own practice yeah for sure and I think also yeah I think of my teaching and my making and my writing like there's all these kind of feedback loops happening and my goal is to make them like close the gaps a little like even though I talk about openings and like opening things up I think in terms of my own practice really seeing where those things connect and um, how similar they are like I'm really excited about that you know Um, and also just like shout out to some of my students that are tabling here as well like that's really exciting Um, my students uh, have a, a publishing house called Other Publishing. They're in another room. Uh, Jessica Liebers is tabling with um, Joe Rosenthal. And then um, Jason Wright is also tabling. So just kind of seeing that too, like seeing that spread. And be and be Oakley. Yeah, I was on Beast Thesis Committee. Um, gender fail. So yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy how many like VCU students are here, or former VCU students. Yeah. Not to make this all about education, but because we're both educators, I think that's kind of what I also like to pick your brain about. But the idea of opening up spaces but also closing gaps is really interesting. Like, I talk about that as well, being able to open up areas for investigation, but just being able to form some of those connections to join the, the different aspects of work that you're producing can open up new areas as well. Um, just as another thing to kind of say. Um, but can you tell me a little bit more about your, your new publishing endeavor? Yeah, I mean, I'd been wanting to start something for a while, and I think it also came out of this, like, awkwardness at the fairs where people are like, what is this? What are you? And I'm like, ah, it's just me. Um, but realizing that I wanted to start maybe 
publishing peop other people. And so Nico Fontana is kind of like this alter ego or it's like my name, but not my name. It's my, you know, it's my mother's former last name and kind of just wanting it to be my name maybe. Um, but yeah, I reached out to four different artists that I really love. That's, you know, um, actually, B. Oakley, Shawnee, McElaine Holloway, Morgan Pierce, and Rin Kim, who is in other publishing. And um, I just said, like, hey, I'd really love to work with you and make a book with you. Send me whatever you want. Let's, like, do something. And so, yeah, I, I like this idea of, like, providing space or kind of being a platform that that other people can use and so it feels nice that to think about it not just being me and maybe like it become it becomes this connector for other people yeah yeah no, that, that's really wonderful so what are the titles here that well so this is batter that is by my first year mfa class this is something they actually made for the new york art book fair um and they've they've all they've produced two others you can get this at printed matter um, this book is a collaboration, this screenshot book is a collaboration with my dear friend Patrick Gantert. Um, it's untitled and it's like 200 pages of screenshots from like 2010 to 2011 or something. Um, I have uh, this publication that is uh, sort of like a, an unbound kind of cacophony of language and drawings and images. And uh, like an essay I wrote for the Journal of Feminist Scholarship called The Transgressive Girl, um, comparing uh, 90s TV and film and talking about um, ways in which women have used technology in subversive ways. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's like some of the stuff. And then Sarah and I have a new public uh, pixel packed pack um, called Unplug Me, which hot off the presses, um, which we're really excited about. Yeah. And is failure yours as well? Failure is um that so that was the third issues that Sarah and I worked on. We're working okay. on a queer design one right now, and also on uh, a future one that's going to be around archives. But issues is an annual-ish publication that is sort of, is near and dear to our hearts, um, in which we publish other artists, writers, and designers. And we just yeah. love the idea of saying like we have issues, you know. <laughs> I like that a lot as well. So what are you excited about sharing with people at the fair or seeing here at the fair? Um, I'm, I mean, the stuff I'm most excited about are my students or former students' work, yeah. like, to be honest. I really like coming to the fair just to, I mean, like, see people like you. Like, some of us only get to see each other once or twice a year. And so for me, I keep doing it because of the community. Yeah. Um, I feel like I, I don't buy any books anymore or like it's a rarity that you know but it's about the people like the people I get to see so I'm excited about the pan like some of the panels so other publishing organized one on Sunday that's uh, like queer POC graphic design discourse yeah. so that's going to be really cool um, and then Joe Potts from so Southland Institute organized a panel that I'm going to participate on um, with workshop project uh, who's Jessica Wexler and Yasmin Khan um, talking about like alternative educational structures and stuff like that. So I'm excited about the programming, I think. Yeah. yeah it seems like a really good slate of programs this year that I probably won't be able to get out from behind know, the table to I see. Know. That's like that's like the hardest part. It's like you can't really. And I'm also excited about Riley Hooker's new pub, um, facademy publication that's out. I haven't even gotten to look at it yet, but um, his gender talents publication is one of my favorites from the past few years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna have to go check that one out. Well, I'll, I know you have a full day ahead of you speaking at other panels, so I'll let you get prepared for that. But Nicole, thanks for taking the time out for a little bit and talking with me over the table. Hello, this is Ariana Monsalve. I am the guest host today with Ipecat Zines. We are at the LAR Book Fair on the last day of the fair. It's been a long four days, but we're here, we made it. Um, we have a couple more hours to go, and we just stepped outside to get some fresh air with... Hi, I'm Danielle McCoy, and this is Papercut Zines. All right, cool. 
So welcome to Paper Good Zines. Thank you for having me. This is fantastic. I love the this weather is just beautiful and it's a reunion of seeing friends. Cool. Um, I want to find out a little bit about your press. I want to find out a little bit how you guys started. I think it's really interesting that it's something that you guys are doing with a family. Um, also, just I want to talk a little bit about being like black and brown kids out here in this space and how that is, how you're negotiating that. So um, that's what I want to cover in these next 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> So let's start with, yeah, like tell us about where, where your press is from and who, who is actually in this press. Yes, so um, it's my husband and myself. So he's Kevin and I'm Danielle. And the name of our press is Work Play. And we've been working together as vis visual artists for the last almost like 10 years, just building and developing our practice. About three or four years ago, we started delving into art books we felt that it was just the, uh, the best natural transition from um, just being a visual artist and exhibiting together. We know that artwork sometimes isn't always readily accessible, but books travel. Uh, they have the power to you know, educate, share knowledge, research, have really cool and amazing images and just kind of awaken the masses. So um, that's what we've been doing with our press and we've been uh, traveling to LA and Chicago and sent books to the Dubai Art Book Fair and, um, and New York. So it's great to be here uh, with Paper Cut Zines in LA today. Can you tell us a little bit about what specifically the, I guess, the content that you're talking about and what it's geared towards and the artists that you work with? Sure. So our work is black, black, blackity black. <laughs> our work um, definitely works with black and brown people um, across all races, sexual orientations, age groups, economic status. It doesn't matter. Some of our books are interviews that we've done with people of color uh, immigrants, black queer community. We have books that focus on um, like disparities that we see in the black community or how we can almost like build community as well. Um, and then just other art books and zines that we do <clears throat> that focus on, like this one I have is The Pot Calling the Kettle Black and it's focusing on blackface. I mean, we've been seeing that a lot in the media. This is 2019. This is not anything new. It's been happening for generations. Um, so that's that's what we have with this one. Uh, some of the books my husband has produced deal with like the Black Panther Party. Um, and then a lot of things that deal like prison reform and the justice system as well. So those are some of the books that we're displaying uh, at the LAR Book Fair this weekend. Very cool. And I know y'all can't see it, but no, their books are absolutely gorgeous. They're so, no, when you come to the table, it's just so well designed, so beautiful. Um, I want to know more about the bitch book. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so when it comes to a lot of the artwork and the books that I have, um, I don't overly produce because things come to my mind. They come to me in dreams a lot of the time. Mm. And it makes me wake up in the middle of the night when I'm dead tired and I have to write the idea down or else I'll I know this life. This happens. Yes. Nice. I know I'm not the only one out there. So I'm sharing that experience with people. Um, my husband has a background as a graphic designer and he's wrapping up his MFA this year. And um, so he is a type snob is what I call him. So... Uh, I will come up with the content for some of the books and then he will format and design them and choose the best type uh, for those particular books. So, bitch. <laughs> I'm gonna let the siren go by and give it a second. Okay, so, bitch. Uh, <laughs> this is a book that came to my mind about probably this time last year, if not like March. And I saw the cover, the colors on the cover in my mind. Um, these conversations are ones that are already being had within the black and brown queer community um, in, in regards to language, appropriation, things that you see in a lot of mainstream media, things that other cultures are starting to adopt into their own or as their own, where you would almost have this um, inanimate object and someone will post it on Instagram and we have seen this where mm. they say this whatever this piece is is throwing shade 
and you're like, well, how is your chair throwing shade or whatever? Your dog is just sitting there. Mm-hmm. And so you're just like, you don't even understand. So there's a lot that goes on with language. Um, we also talk about like the dark and ugly side of, you know, some of the words, the derogatory terms that are being used towards that particular community. But then we also talk about building community as well, because that's always um, something that needs to be had and spoken about. And just speaking on how even segregated it is within the queer community as well and how there's so many different levels to it that as just a black straight woman like I had no idea myself and so again just having these conversations with the ones that I love my close friends and realizing that these conversations need to be had I set forth to interview three of my good friends about it all separately but the way that we're able to weave it within the book is really great because they're all giving their all separate accounts but it's almost like we all sat in the same room together and had this group conversation so it's been um a long time coming. It is a book that I've put a lot of love into, down to the colors of the ink, the colors of the paper. Because one thing that kept coming up is, even though the, the queer community is out here, they're also like blending into the rest of society. So we kept, I wanted to keep the cover somewhat monochromatic and the text on the, the body of the book somewhat monochromatic as well. And you'll see that with this book. Thank you. Well, that's the one I'm gonna buy. I'm so excited. <laughs> I've keep I've been thinking about it since I looked at everything. Sure. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask about a book that isn't here, but that I still read all the time. Oh, um, I when, when I met y'all uh, two years ago at Chicago Art Book Fair, you guys had this light blue zine that I was just like so attracted to. And when you, you were saying that it was poems talking about different like migrant experiences. Um, I didn't need to hear anything else and I snatched it up so quick and I read it in my bed like a week later and I cried so much. Like I loved it so Aww. much. Good. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and I'm not saying like we try to yield that type of um, expression, but that is beautiful to hear <laughs> that your work is touching others. Um, and just to give a quick backstory, I was actually a friend that, a friend of a friend, I'm getting the story straight, sorry. Take your time. In 2017, before the Chicago Art Book Fair, I met a friend of a friend. I slid into her DMs, as they would, as the kids say, and I try not to be creepy about it. But I was like, "Hey, you know, um, my husband, myself, and my daughter are gonna be in LA. We'd love to hook up with you and like talk to you. She's a writer. Um, she has her books are funny. They're very relatable, but." You know, it's her black experience is like dating, um, growing up, you know, going to basement parties as a kid. And it's like, are there going to be boys there is the name of her book by Candace Harris. <laughs> so I'm going to give her a little plug. But I told her, I said, like sitting in this little restaurant, talking to her before her book even got printed, that inspired me to get off my ass and say, like, I can't just like settle. I need to start producing these ideas that keep coming to me in my dreams. So that's kind of where it all started in May of 2017. So yeah, we met in November of 2017. So within from like May till nearly November, I sent a mass email out to a bunch of my friends that are immigrants, uh, first generation Americans, immigrants and saying, hey, this political climate is fucking ridiculous and I want to produce a book that talks about what it is like to be an American. You can compose your short story or your poem however you want. And it was actually all going to be short stories, but one friend put a couple poems in there and I was like, okay, and poems. But it's called A Thread. And you describe the cover exactly how it is. And I had this collection of about 14 stories that I had to also make tell a story so that things don't jumble around. But it almost it starts with a friend that she didn't like the name, her Korean name, and that she changed her name uh, when she came over here to the United States. Mm. But then it goes through like this wave of emotion throughout the book where I have cried myself, so it yielded that same uh, emotion. Yeah. It's, it's very emotional. But then at the end, <clears throat> we end with like a Haitian friend of mine, and she's talking about her life in New York, and how when this certain song comes on by Frankie Beverly and, and Maze, 
how they do the electric slide to it. And it's like, it's life, it's love, right? We're talking about community again. So these are the types of things that are pretty um, repetitive within the books that I make. But yeah, that was that was the first one. So that was my firstborn. Really? It was. Yeah, and so I've grown since then, and even this one here I'm holding that you all can't mm. see, but it's uh, an all-black book with uh, gray text on the cover. It's silkscreen, and it's called Pot Calling the Kettle Black, where on the inside it's it's uh, Rizzo printed black and red, and we're talking about blackface, which I briefly touched on earlier. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask a little bit about how, I guess, how does... How did you commit to, how did y'all, you you and your family, you and your husband commit to being in these art spaces when a lot of times there isn't a lot of people like y'all present, like us present, and how did you start doing these art book fairs, and I guess how do you feel after, after however many years you've been doing them? So the Chicago Art Book Fair was our very first one. Really? <laughs> oh, you've been doing it for as long as us. Yes, that's it. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so we met uh, one of the founders of the Chicago Art Book Fair that July when we were in a residency. And we hit it off. Which one? Okay, I don't know if I could throw out names, but that's yeah. fine. I'm always like names redacted. That's that's going to be the end of my podcast, so don't <laughs> take it. All the organizers. Yeah. I always like never I'm like should I say people's names but anyway so A was the one that we met at Acre and he was really great um yeah so we did Acre in July I was um I guess I was 20 that was 2016 though so that was before it kicked off so I was uh six and a half months pregnant and it was hot and sticky in Steuben Wisconsin and uh Fuck, it was so fucking hot that summer. I just kept, I just remembered like dumping cups of water, cold water on my head, just like, it's gonna evaporate, it was so fucking hot. Um, anyway, so I met A that year, and then fast forward to 2017, they're getting ready to do the Chicago Art Book Fair, and through a mutual friend that was like, hey, um, I heard that you all are producing books, you all should get with A because he's doing the Chicago Art Book Fair, and she connects us on the email. We're like, oh yeah, we've met him before. And so the rest is history. And so as far as like being in this space, I'm on some like, like my husband would say, we're on some gully, like we don't give a fuck shit. And that's real. My, my dad told me years ago, never feel like you don't belong someplace. If I want to insert myself or be someplace, um, I'm going to be there. And we apply, and if you say no, that's also totally fine, but so far we haven't gotten a no. I think our work is, Kevin says it's a shot of whiskey, and not everybody can take that shot of whiskey. And so, um, you know, the covers is what well really- said. Yeah, it's cute. and well the said. covers is what draws you in, mm -hmm. and the content is what really sticks you, so. No, oh, hell yeah, totally. Yeah, come for the covers, stay for the content. <laughs> that, hey, come for the cover, stay for the content. No, because it's true, like, in, like, these book things, like, I'm always, like, we're all about judging a book by the cover. We are. That's what artist <clears throat> books are. Like, we work so hard on these covers. We sure do. <laughs> and they were like, oh, look at this one. Oh, this one's gold foil. And they're like, what the fuck are they talking about? You know, we'd be like... Oh, what is that's right, they are real savages. And they open it up and they're like, Oh my god, this is talking about white appropriation and, and white people like doing blackface. Yeah, we got you. So one guy even told me uh on Friday, he said, I don't know if I could have this one at home and I was like, Why? Why? I think I kinda bullied him into like buying it, but I'm just like I mean, if you feel that you can't have a blackface book in your home, that's basically like diminishing uh, people, or denouncing, I should say, people having, are going in blackface, you should be able to start that conversation. Totally. You have an insecurity. Yes, and let, let's unpack that shit, yeah, you know? Let's absolutely. talk about it. So, yeah, no, that's let's us. Have a we can talk about this whiteness, too. Like, exactly, yeah, exactly. We talk about appropriation yeah. a lot, appropriation a lot in our mm -hmm. uh, work as well. Yeah, totally. Um, tell us uh, one book that you're reading right now, and your favorite Insta account right now? <clears throat> Shit. I, I wish we had pre-thought about this I question. Know, I, I, 
Okay, um... Take your time, though. Chris can edit. Okay, Chris can edit. Thanks, Chris. Okay, let me think for like a second. I want to say them both together and not just like say one and then a long pause, but fuck it. Um, I'm not really reading anything right now because life is like in a turmoil. We're moving. Kevin's graduating grad school next, like in four weeks. And it's just like... Oh, yeah, that's a whole... takes over completely. It does, and we have like a two and a half three bedroom place so we got a lot of space to fucking move out and his and his wash in his studio at school so um so i'm not really reading but i like to finger through super beings it's a book that um <clears throat> i can't think of the author it's in my bag <laughs> sorry chris but look it up super beings if you need to an aunt of mine gave me and kevin each a copy of that book way back in like maybe 2013 or 2014 and it's basically tapping into your, your higher self. Um, in the past two weeks, Kevin and I have really been blessed in a big way, like just with our travels and some of the um, things that we're doing. All I gotta say is pay your tithes to whatever ministry or church or whatever you're going to. I'm not religious, I'm spiritual, but pay those tithes, man. I have seen just our life do a, like a fucking 180 in the last couple weeks. And we've been doing this for years, but that's a whole nother subject. It's a whole nother interview. <laughs> Look me up. We can talk more. But <clears throat> the thing I love about super beings is like, it talks about tapping into yourself. And we decided like, we don't have to like settle for the things that people want to settle for. People will settle for like the place they live. And they're like, well, it's not the best, but it's only what I could afford or they don't always eat the best foods or, you know, do a lot of things. And we're not selling for that shit anymore. Yeah. We we deserve everything that we've worked this hard for. And we're coming for the best as well. Um, not to say we don't love being here with like small presses and zines. That is us yeah. to the core. But in life, like we're not settling for bullshit anymore. Like you got to come correct if you come to us. So <laughs> Super Beings is really great. Um, speaking like I am, you know, so if you want to mm -hmm. do something or be something, speak that I am and, and actually mean it and feel it and say it. So yeah. it's a great thing to tap into your, your super being that's within yourself. So that's the book. They're speaking things into existence. There it is. Speaking yeah. it into existence. Yeah. As they said in um, that Solange Almeida video, she, that her whoever's in that one little short clip, she says, do nothing without intention. And that's absolutely right. One book that I could not produce for the LA Art Book Fair this year was called uh, Have You Taken Time Lately? And it takes you through guided meditation. There's different prompts. There's areas for journaling. It's something that's small and handheld. They can go in your pocket because there's so many times that people take away our joy. They steal our energy. And they're just shit disturbers. We'll just say it how it is. Absolutely. And have you taken time lately? I've, I've realized as being a mother and a parent artist and a dedicated wife and partner that I don't have time for shit. You have to pay for my time, not this interview. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> Where the money at? <laughs> Hit us up. No, anyway. For both of us. <laughs> right. Come buy our books. Hey, that's paying us, right? Paying it forward. No, but for real. Um, time is very important. You know, I can do things for free on my own dime if I want to. And I'm not saying, like, people always have to pay for your time. But time is so precious and we don't have a lot of it. And after talking to my mentor, she was like, take things slower all this shit is like temporary and i started taking taking that into account and thinking like i just need to do things in 60 second increments and that's one little thing one little blurb that i talk about in this have you taken time lately book is because we always as a i've had to like pack up my studio of course because we're moving but i haven't had time to make art anymore i've decided that i'm going to put visual arts in the back burner right now I've already um, exhibited for the most recent exhibit that we're in right now. I finished that, it's done and over, and I'm focusing on writing strictly so I can dedicate my time and my minutes there. So by taking 60 second increments, then I'm not upset when I don't have four hours to sit down and do something. But maybe I have three minutes to do something really quickly or 17 minutes to take time and start um, you know outlining something for a flag or some other project that I'm working on so 
by doing that, I've kind of shedded that skin and just like go with the flow. And my husband, Kevin, other people can tell you, I tell people I'm like a palm tree. I just, the wind comes, that storm, that those shit disturbers come with their bullshit. And I just let it wash over me like the palm tree in a fucking storm or hurricane. And then I bounce right back up like, you can't knock this one down. So I don't stand firm like a walnut tree. And then you knock me, if it's strong enough and I get knocked over, I can't bounce back. So... Mm. That's that. Um, you asked about an Instagram account 20 minutes ago, and uh, sorry, I'm very sarcastic and dry humor. Um, you know, I'm just, I try not to be obsessed with like Instagram and social media. Um, we're here in LA, so I've been reading up about like different accounts that's gone on with like Nipsey Hussle around like his death and and things like that, and tried and gone to go pay my respects uh, while, I'm, while I'm out here, but. Um, Artists in the room. Okay. Uh, artists in the room. I Just believe like it's. That, that artist in the room? Yeah. Okay. Either artists or artists with an S in the end, but artists in the room. Hopefully I'm saying it right. Hold on, I'm gonna look it up. Chris, pause it. Okay. The Instagram account that I've been following lately, and this is a shameless plug, is Ooh. artists with an S in the end, in, like I in, the room. Shameless plug is because it's a black creative that I'm a part of in St. Louis. Oh, nice. No, that's awesome, though. Uh, three of us are visual artists, and we have a writer. Uh, I also write, so we all yeah. kind of overlap. But um, we are a group of four black women and black queer male and it doesn't matter who we are we are four black beings living in st louis missouri um and we are working with uh established artists arts collectors again we're doing this shit hella gully uh we we got a sponsor this year but a lot of the events that we put on are for people of color only black artists or emerging artists only because we need to give them the space to be able to speak and um meet these artists in an intimate setting that's not in a gallery or institution we've hosted the micheline thomas we've hosted sanford biggers uh we have hosted uh just recently i because i'm here in la i missed out on um an arts collector adrian davis who's the vice provost uh there in Was- at washington university in st louis and she took a very small group of artists that were on a guest list that we chose around the, her own collection of work in her home. She owns Carrie James Marshall and Kara Walker and Micheline and Lorna Simpson and all these beautiful works. Yeah. So relationships is the thing I'm going to say my last piece here. Um, formulate good relationships. Don't burn bridges. Let them just deteriorate on their own. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on Paper Nipsey. I'm Adriana. Holler back! I'm so corny, but anyway, that's the first thing that came to my mind. I don't know why. But anyway, this is Danielle with Workplay. We love you all. Bye. taking the time to talk with me here during the early hours of Friday morning. Uh, thank you for having me. So I've been aware of your work with Secret Riso for a couple years now, um, primarily seeing it kind of around Pioneer Works and on Instagram. But what is Secret Riso? What do you do? Why is it a secret? Uh, actually, the project started uh, a year ago. Now in August, it was a year. Um, and I launched the project uh, at the first uh, press play fair at Pioneer Works. Um, so the beginning of the project started like uh, while I was like working five to nine. Oh, sorry, five to six. Nine to five, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Proper working hours. Yeah. Nine to five. Uh, 
working like in advertising, fashion companies that uh, it was very terrible. <laughs> and I worked on that like for two years. Um, so in between, I got this opportunity to make a, a small exhibition and um, and Pioneer Works with a clock tower and their space. And um, so I start to work with them. They give me access to their print lab and everything. I made Daniel wheel from there that are like so nice. And that's how I got introduced to like the resort work with them. So this uh, exhibition, uh, it was um, a collection of, it was first, it was like very fast. I had like a month and a half to put together like previous work yeah. and um, make a selection of some of the prints. So it was like 14 poster plus a letter, a big side letter from a friend uh, and some statements um about my experience being an immigrant with uh, observations and social interactions so at that moment it was like learning how to uh, print uh in riso especially and, um, that's such a quick turnaround to have like one month of time to do an entire body of work yeah. and learn how to make the how to work the machine and am I, am I correct in saying that a lot of the prints and posters that you were producing were also part of a book piece that you produced with Pioneer Works? Yeah, it was pretty much uh, the catalog, that yeah. book. Of, um, so they have, um, I think that was the last uh, edition that they did. So it was a series called Mimo. Yeah. So that were produced for the artists um, in their Rizzo. Um so it was a, a catalog of the exhibition, pretty much. Uh -huh. So after that, in the middle of the production of that book, that it took like almost six months, their riso broke. So uh, we were um, printing with, um, with Zach, that was working at that moment. Um, we tried to find like different risos. We got one and it broke also. Uh, from uh, some friends, and then we had, uh, we went to small editions also yeah. to finish some. So about then, like some of the interior pages have like different tones of blue, and red. Uh, and then I decided buy my own riso <laughs> because of that. Also, like planning like a future like project with like design studio or like printing studio. So. So the secret riso is really built out of this experience of trying to find other risograph machines to be printing with. Exactly. And what have you been doing with it since that experience at Pioneer Works? Uh, I, I pretty much was that um, that uh, exhibition and production that I took from took like around eight months that I was working with them. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the, the prints that you've brought with you here outside of that book project? What, what are they? Yeah, like what, 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 what's on the table? Set the scene for us. Oh, yeah. Um, so I have, um, I still have like some copies, the original copies that I did with Pioneer Works that I did like a lot. <laughs> I made a lot of them. Um, so it's a collection of those posters of the primary interactions and another like personal uh, prints also posted like more like uh, illustration work that I do yeah. I have a couple of uh, collaborations with uh, a series of uh, three posters um, with a typography typography uh, studio in Chile from a friend that's called W Y was that no W Foundry um, they are very good and they have like amazing fonts um, so we did this uh, small collaboration with them. I have another piece that is uh, we know with one of their members, uh, Pato Truenos, um, that is like um, a, an illustration of uh, this one, yeah. an illustration of like a, a like a 
what's it called mythology mythology it's like a myth in the south of chile yeah mythology it's like a creature it's a bird supposed to be that if you see it and if you hear it it's like a bad luck it's called el chonchon also and it's like in the south of chile and argentina and it's very terrifying actually but uh, kind of amazing there's like many 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 like uh, stories and myths about like creatures and stuff in the south it's very interesting uh, and uh, a couple of like photo books that i did um, um with christina my partner those are called sad girls that is one that's like um so like a transition sub series of photos of uh, her siblings uh, from 2002 until this year um, yeah it's very nice can you tell me a little bit about the imagery that you're using to produce the primary interactions book from the Mimo series so you, this is the book that you're producing that is largely about the immigrant experience or your immigrant experience mm -hmm. how are you developing the images or what were you pulling from to construct the imagery mm -hmm. um, pretty much um, it was um, it's interesting because it was um, originally I, I when I went to school I studied uh, industrial design yeah. um, so I and in the meantime, I was like doing my own um, illustration or like graphic design all the time. But um, I don't really, I don't know, it's hard to explain. Yeah, yeah. Because when I came to New York, like all my, I don't know, like my interest in terms of like what I want to do, like for like work, it switched and changed. It was like, and I really started to do like more graphic design. Yeah, yeah. and illustration and so I totally I, I had a, my I my my own like brand like industrial design brand and everything uh, and I quit to that like I, I left it there like standby and I focused more like in and draw and do like graphic design yeah. and at, the, at this point it was like at some point when Joe from Clock Tower offered me like this space this opportunity I start to look look at my work and I start to found these illustrations and designs that I have accumulated in like a year or something yeah. um, they were, were very like a mix between like geometric things and um, abstracts shapes figurative like human shapes that uh, I have uh, collected um, and I, it was, um, I didn't have, um, um, you know, like a main idea that surround these illustrations and design, like, yeah. but when, when I start to think about it, and mostly of them have like this, um, connection with my experience, so like, um, I don't know, like the, I don't know, like the um, issues that I was like trying to talk about it with this exhibition, yeah. like being an immigrant, like feeling like, uh, I don't know, like this very, the main like figure in the book and then exhibition, it was like this uh, human figure that's like, like, I don't know, like. Oh, it seems like all entangled and yeah, exactly. like a jumble of, of it forms. Was like a, a complex, it was like um, a complex, uh, bag that you are carrying and uh, like it's hard to define I don't know that is in construction and like movement all the time yeah. um, and also it's like a very solitary figure so like I don't know like you are walking it's a figure that's walking to some something you know but you don't know what is that something it's like um, that's a I don't know like the poster for like I am an immigrant it's like like this uh, um, character walking through like I don't know like the sunset and I I really love uh, I, I use a lot like the shape like um, circles 
yeah. and all my designs because like I don't know it's like they have so much like meaning or like um, I don't know yeah, there's a lot with your sense of design that I really react strongly to, the geometry about it, the use of type and how you're using the typography and just how you're unifying everything through the strict blue and red color palette. Mm -hmm. um, I really love this book and this whole collection of prints. Um, but what's coming up next for you? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I am um, trying to make some plans. They have been very busy the last months yeah. with uh, different projects like music also. But I am um, trying to put together another exhibition, like a selection of works. Oh, excellent. Um, that's in process still. I am trying to figure out like what I want to communicate or try. Um, maybe like work more in like in the design studio. Um, um, basically that, trying to figure out like how to go forward with uh, this very complex kind of world of like printing, yeah. I don't know, printing, the printing world is very interesting. It has been like a new experience for me, like, and I love it, like the whole community is like amazing. Like, yeah, it really is, especially you know, coming to a place like this and seeing so many people working in this endeavor, putting together books in multiples, it's, yeah. and it always gives me a warm, fuzzy feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very inspiring, actually. Yeah. Like, there is amazing people here, and um, amazing work also, beautiful stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, I always think, um, I started to think last night, actually, after the first day in, in the fair, um, I don't know, especially with the Rizzo and printing stuff. Um, I wonder how how much you can go like forward with this, or like what else. I don't know. I I really like what um, Press Press is doing in terms of yeah, they're incredible. Yeah, in terms of like in like doing like a collective, you know, in terms of like a printing. It's very, I like involving like so many people with their workshops and stuff and um, how they build like this um, content also that it's very important and beautiful um, but like 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 bring together bringing together like people and community it's like pretty amazing so I am very interested in, uh, in, in, uh, in that also and make make this also and like more community focused in some way yeah, and expand out a little bit exactly. it's not easy to do for sure and you need like people that is in, interested and yeah. work on that so where can people keep up with your work how can they find your work online or with social media uh, the, Instagram is the main yeah. the main channel for me now uh, I don't really care Facebook it's like fuck Facebook yeah, it's so like I yeah I just share like the photo Facebook better just for like to have something. <laughs> and is it at, at Secret Riso or Secret Riso Club? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the website also we have workshops and uh, yeah. And what's the website? Uh, SecretRisoClub.com. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. I'm really looking forward to the rest of the fair with you.